0: Keep being you. Mm. Yeah. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. You never have to be like anybody else, cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. True original, right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art you stand apart. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle uh, back at the Gentlewoman Boss podcast and I'm going to um, change things up a little bit for this episode. Um, recently been following um, some marketing uh, podcasters that I discovered on LinkedIn. And um, listening to their sort of uh, cutting edge advice about content creation and, um, you know, really putting out content that speaks to people and, and reaches them. And um important it is to regularly put content out. The issue is that um, trying to line guests up for, you know, um, multiple week podcast episodes can be a little um, challenging, especially when you're in a sort of a specialized niche as I am with um, dealing with workplace culture, workplace bullying, and um, particularly women that have been affected by bullying and um, abuse of power in the workplace. So I'm going to take things a little bit on a curve. I am going to be doing some solo uh, podcast episodes um, on some uh, pillars that I've discovered have really resonated with you as my audience, um, both here as well as on social media, and I'll actually uh, be posting about um, what's coming up on social media, so make sure you're following me at The Gentlewoman Boss. But I thought today um, I would talk about an interesting phenomenon that happened on my blog. So uh, let's see. On June 10th, I published a blog post, and it's called Of All the Gin Joints in All the Towns in All the World, Somewhere Off the Coast of Maine. And it is an excerpt from my now two years in the making book uh, about my experience in the workplace and on the importance of um, civility and integrity and honesty and ethics in leadership. So um, my book initially started out as many, many of us writing after we go through crisis, right? It was really sort of uh, a venting outlet. It was a place for me to um, get rid of the anger I was trying to process inside and to um, put into words what was going on, how I was feeling, um, without hurting anyone, offending anyone's feelings. You know, because again, it's a very solo, lonely journey to go through. Even our family and our friends—they love us and they want to—they uh, want to support us, but they really don't fully understand what goes on when you have a workplace betrayal. Um, when you experience workplace abuse, um, gaslighting, DARVO, all these things that um, toxic employees, toxic leadership employ to drive um, you, you know, a, a target, either drive them mad, so they, they end up resigning, or drive them out because they're terminated. So I... It initially was more journaling. I mean, I thought I said I was writing my book, but I was just putting everything, you know, down. Everything was coming out, all the demons. And as time has gone on, I've, I'm continuing to write, but I can see that my writing, um, the focus of my writing and the goal I want to accomplish with my book um, is not just a venting episode. I really want it to be something that can truly help people. help people before they're in a situation like I was in, in a toxic workplace. So anyway, I decided on June 10th that I was going to write a blog post about a remarkable thing like Serendipity 101 that happened to me um, the same month I got fired. So I'm going to take today's episode to read you that blog post. It is a bit lengthy, but I think um, the it pretty much went viral. I'm just going to check the stats right now. Um, so since June 10th, according to my website statistics, as far as my Share This um, app, which is at the bottom of every page and every post on my website, where you can share on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, email, um, WhatsApp, Snapchat, you can you know send it everywhere. It's had 100, 147 shares. That's a record share count for me, for anything on my website. And in line with that, I'm from old school internet sharing. So before we had all these great apps that you could made it very easy for you to share a page or something you're interested in, we would have to go up and co- you know copy the URL and then open an email and paste it, you know, that, that sort of thing. It was like it was more of a um, um mechanical step that you would share the URL. And so I'm thinking, well, so this has been shared 147 times through the share this app. But how many people like me and they just go and copy that URL and, and send it off to someone. So I'm thinking um I'm sure there's a way I can measure it maybe with my Google Analytics, but now, I know there's a way I can measure it. I just haven't looked into it yet, But the point is that it kind of kind of went a little viral, at least my level of viral. So I thought today I would entertain you by reading you um, my blog post about this experience I had just a few weeks after I was fired. And it, it's actually I wrote the post. I pulled this out of my book notes because. I think it really can give you hope if you've if you've just been fired or or, or dealt very unfairly with at work. Um, if you're dealing with something right now, workplace abuse, so mobbing you, gaslighting you, uh, making you feel like you're going crazy. You know, lack of support, taking taking away tools and um, things you need to be able to do your job and you, you, you feel like you're really struggling and you're terrified of getting fired, but at the same time you wish you could get out of there and be somewhere else. Um, this, what had my experience um, was the type of thing that gave me hope, like at a time that I really, really, really was very low and, and very um, broken and um betrayed and my trust in in everything I've always everything I've always believed in and advocated for was was very damaged. So it's kind of got a great ending, a positive one. So stick stick with me for the um the length of it. Um and I will be right back to read to you from the gentleman boss blog. Hang on a few seconds. June 10, 2021, blog post of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, somewhere off the coast of Maine. A few weeks after I got fired, my husband took me away to the beautiful coast of Maine, thinking the salty air and vitamin C would do my crushed soul good. Little did we know the implications that seemingly simple decision would have. We decided to make dinner reservations one night at the Agunquit Beach Lobster House. It was a beautiful late afternoon, the sun was still bright in the sky, the ocean was sparkling and there was a perfect salty breeze that actually left me feeling a bit of a chill even though it was August. We strolled casually along Beach Street, across the bridge, enjoying the beautiful view as we made our way toward the restaurant. Though early, it was already buzzing with activity. We walked into the busy restaurant and waited near the entrance for the maitre d'. Looking around, I saw people laughing, sipping their wine, enjoying their meal and time together. The aromas were enticing and I realized for the first time in weeks that I actually felt hungry and was looking forward to eating. This getaway was a good idea, I thought to myself. I had visited the coast of Maine since I was a little girl. There was something so soothing and comforting being in a familiar place that held so many good memories for me, especially after the workplace ordeal I was still reeling from. As we were being escorted to our table, I casually glanced to the left at a small party that was enjoying an intimate meal together. Suddenly, my breath caught in my throat. My eyes grew large the way they do when you are shocked at something you see or hear that has caught you completely by surprise. I blinked a few times, as if to make certain of what I was seeing. There at the table, enjoying her meal, sat a woman that I knew, a woman named Brenda. I had met Brenda just a few months before the unexpected rendezvous. Her mother owned a condominium at the nonprofit retirement community where I was office manager. Her mother's needs had become more complex as she grew older, so the difficult decision was made to move her to a nursing home next door and sell her condo. As office manager of the foundation, I was responsible to facilitate the real estate process for both seller and buyer. It was during this time that we first met. She had come down to Providence from Maine to help her siblings in transitioning their mother's move and preparing the condominium for sale. Brenda was a soft-spoken, unassuming woman and the family was an absolute pleasure to work with. I knew how emotional the process could be for some families to go through. So I did my best to make myself available to them. But give them their space as well. She always gave me the courtesy of letting me know when she was coming to town. And I even found her waiting outside my office to let me know she was leaving after one of her visits. That was the last time I saw her. Things proceeded quite smoothly. With the sale of the condominium as both seller and buyer were professional, courteous, and excellent communicators. I was in constant contact with both parties through email, over the phone, and in person. Everything seemed to be smooth sailing until it wasn't. The sale of the unit closed in late July. About a week later, I received an email from the assistant to the attorney for the foundation who also serves as its chairman of the board. It was sent to him, the executive director of the nonprofit, the business office manager, and myself, attached with the closing documents from the sale of the condo. That same day, I received an email from the buyer of the condo. Attached to it were receipts for renovations done to the unit. In the email, she stated that on the day of the closing, the foundation's attorney told her to send the receipts to me for reimbursement. I immediately opened the attachment from the attorney's assistant to go over the closing paperwork. I went over it multiple times until I confirmed what I feared. The monies had not been paid at the closing to cover the renovations, $13,000 to be exact. I hit reply all and inquired about the agreement the buyer and seller had signed that the funds for the renovations would be paid out at the closing and noted that as far as I could see, they were not. I asked for someone to look into it and follow up with me as soon as possible, knowing I would have to answer the buyer's email regarding reimbursement. That was a Monday afternoon. Tuesday was eerily quiet. I refreshed my outlook a few times, hoping to hear back from someone in the know so I could answer the buyer honestly and accurately about the requests for the funds. No one acknowledged my email, Never mind offered any clarification. When I went to the building next door to cover the receptionist desk at the nursing home so she could take her lunch as I did every day, the executive director who was usually roaming around the lobby at the time at that time of day was behind closed doors with the business manager, my supervisor, the director of HR, the property manager, and the IT rep. Just a few minutes before the receptionist returned, they all came into the reception area. The IT rep, who had always been very professional and friendly to me, wouldn't look at me but just walked towards the door with a smirk on his face. My supervisor quickly walked by the reception area with her head down as if she had something important to attend to as she rushed by me to her office. that was just behind the area I was sitting. I had planned to ask her about my email but her body language was clear. She did not want to engage with me. The executive director always wanted to perch herself at the front desk and start talking about whatever random topic she chose, just stared at me from the doorway narrowing her glaring eyes, then turned around and marched back to her office and shut the door. Both women knew I was waiting for information from them. Even an acknowledgement of receiving my email and that they were looking into it would have set my mind somewhat at ease. But no, crickets. The, sw- the swing from being completely ignored to micromanaged to ignored again was a cycle I was well familiar with, but this was something different. What are they up to? I thought to myself, how much more unprofessional can this place get? I was relieved when the receptionist returned and that I could walk back to what I thought was the safety of my office. The Gentleman Boss Podcast has been named Top 20 Best Month Reporting Podcasts of 2021 by Whelp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in Top Entrepreneurship Podcasts by Podchaser, Chaser and Top 20 Best Whistleblower Podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. I needed to stop feeling responsible for the problems that their lack of organization, processes, procedures, and professionalism were constantly creating. My concern was that the foundation would get stuck paying the rehab fees And that was something that they could not afford, nor should they have to pay, figuratively and literally, if management and attorneys made errors at the closing. I was frustrated and feeling diminished by their lack of communication and response to my email. What was going on? The next morning, I woke up with a fever and a sore throat. This was always my body's way of telling me I was getting run down. I had suffered a serious bout with Epstein Barr virus two summers before, and I knew I had to listen to my body if I didn't want to go through that ordeal again. I sent a text message to my supervisor in HR telling them I wasn't well and was taking a sick day. Neither replied. I took some ibuprofen and went back to sleep. A few hours later, I woke and saw I had multiple missed calls from work, as well as a text message from HR telling me to call my supervisor. My heart started to pound. What in the world could be so urgent? Had the buyer gone next door and demanded her money? My feverish brain raced all over the place. I got some cold water, took a few sips, and tried to compose myself. I was still half asleep and had a difficult time focusing my attention. The receptionist answered and put me through immediately to my supervisor. She began by feigning interest, saying she hoped I was feeling better. She then began to interrogate me about the email I had sent out Monday afternoon. Who did I think I was to even respond to that email to begin with? I was sent that paperwork for filing purposes only. Who was I to question it? How did I know the funds weren't paid out? How did I know there wasn't another check exchange at the closing? She fired on me fast and furious. I was still stuck at her first question. Who was I to respond to that email? I wanted to scream my answer at her. I was the office manager of a luxury retirement condominium community who was just trying to do my job, and for months, the additional and uncompensated job of the property manager while they were looking to fill that position. My job description clearly stated that I was to follow strict processes for condo sales according to procedural documents, and to work closely with buyers and sellers to ensure smooth transition. The chairman of the board and paid attorney of the foundation told the seller to come to me for reimbursement of the funds. I was following through on his instructions to the buyer. My head began swimming. This is crazy, I thought. They are trying to pin whatever went wrong on me. Where is the money? I felt my blood pressure going through the roof the buyer had already been through one unethical ordeal with the organization early in their journey to becoming condo owners. I was terrified they would not be as understanding this time and that we were going to have a huge PR crisis on our hands. The owners and directors were all highly respected, educated, successful, and connected persons of great influence and reputation. They would not appreciate being cast into the public eye in such a negative light. I tried to focus but my head was pounding and I felt short of breath. I said something about discussing this when I get back, when I feel better, if I still have a job, and that was her cue. She fired me. I asked on what grounds. She answered one of four different reasons that have since been put on record as the reason I was fired. They can't even seem to get that story straight. I told her they were going to have to do better than that and I wanted a copy of my personnel file immediately And then I hung up. I sat there for I don't know how long, my face burning, my heart pounding, my jaw clenched. And then I started shaking uncontrollably. I crawled under the covers and tried to calm myself down. Tears started streaming down my face. I felt like my head was going to implode. I tried to pray, but couldn't find the words. I felt like I was being suffocated. I couldn't breathe. I thought about the other unit sales I had worked through with the help of the foundation's attorney and chairman of the board. I had never been excluded from any part of the process. I was always included in emails and phone calls about the closing details. We had always worked so well together. He told me more than once what a great job I did and what a pleasure it was to work with someone so organized, professional, and pleasant. Why hadn't I heard from him? Did he know what was going on? Was he involved in my firing, or would he just find out after the fact, as was more often than not the case when there was a major issue and the executive director took action without the board's approval? And where was HR? I had gone repeatedly to her to put things on her radar with hopes they would be addressed over the past few months. More crickets. Things suddenly became crystal clear. The sadness and disbelief turned to anger. I climbed out of bed, walked down the stairs, knocked on my husband's office door, and said, they fired me. The jerks fired me. He stared at me in disbelief. What? Where is HR in this? What is going on? I relayed the telephone conversation to him verbatim. They can't do that. That's retaliation, he said. I stared at him and said, I'm calling a lawyer. He answered, if you don't, I will. As I stared at Brenda's face in the restaurant, I saw her searching for recognition. I had cut all my hair off so at first she didn't recognize me. I said, Brenda, it's Michelle from... She leaned back and said, oh, yes, I was trying to place how I knew you. How are you? What happened? I asked her if she could speak privately for a minute, something I never would have done while someone was having dinner with guests, but my gut told me to and I trusted it. It was the only thing I trusted anymore. She said, yes, of course, excused herself and we stepped into a quieter area away from the other patrons. I told her the whole story, how I inquired about the money and was subsequently fired. She looked at me and said, There was no other check written at the closing. There has not been since. I took her hand and thanked her. She told me if I ever needed anything, I could contact her and she would do whatever she could to help me. I thanked her again and fighting back tears, I walked her back to her party and asked them to please excuse my intrusion. It wasn't until months later, after learning about the manipulating tactics of toxic people, that I understood what I had experienced in the workplace was abuse, bullying, harassment, and retaliation. Words like mobbing, gaslighting, and DARVO, deny, attack, reverse victim, and offender, suddenly brought things into much clearer focus. For the early days and weeks after my wrongful termination, I began to doubt myself and question my actions. I began to think maybe they were right. Maybe I didn't know all the facts. Maybe I had overstepped my job duties. Maybe the fees did get paid, and for some reason, they forgot to tell me. Maybe, 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 maybe not. My personnel file arrived a little over a week after they fired me. As I opened it, my hands shook. I felt as if I was on a bomb squat with no PPE. Leafing through the pages, I came across my job description. Immediately, I knew something was off. I began to read it over and within seconds saw that it had been altered, specifically in the areas where they alleged I had crossed boundaries. That's the funny thing about toxic workplaces and toxic leaders. They panic and do stupid things that end up coming back to bite them in the end. I called my attorney. He laughed and told me that was great news and to send it all over, which I promptly did. I began to gain more clarity and the fog of confusion began to lift. My serendipitous meeting with Brenda was the other key to clarity I needed to stop that cycle of self-blame thinking, to readjust my sails and begin my long journey to recovery from workplace abuse and retaliation. I remember thinking of the scene from Casablanca, when Rick sees Ilsa in his cafe and laments, of all the gin joints in all the towns, in all the world, she walks into mine. What were the chances that out of all the restaurants along the coast of Maine, we would make reservations at the same one, on the same night, and at the same time? To this day, I still smile at that, and hope that someday our paths will cross again. And I can thank Brenda for the gift she gave me on that late afternoon, somewhere off the coast of Maine. Okay, so that is, um, again, an excerpt from my book that I am writing uh, about my workplace, Abuse and retaliation experience. Uh, I published that blog on June tenth, twenty twenty one, and it is being recorded as a podcast episode here, here and now today on the Gentleman Boss podcast. Just a few um, disclaimers the the names um, the names in the post were changed out of pri- uh, you know privacy. Uh, Respect for for privacy of people involved. Um, And this is, again, my recollection of what transpired. Um, It was almost two years ago. August is two years. Um, And because I am working on a, I'm publishing a book, um, there are some very um, minute details that are being um, left out again, uh, privacy concerns and things like that. So if you want to, um, there's more information actually on the blog itself because I actually share um, pictures of my two job descriptions. The first one being the one I was handed the, well, when I was offered the position, it was also in my um, sign-on packet of information that, which clearly showed that the work I was doing, that sending that email was well within my job description. And then there's also a picture of the altered um, description they sent a little over a week later in my personnel file where they had made edits to it to try to back up, you know, with their claim to my um, insubordination, I suppose. So um yeah check out the blog post and if you like it you can share it like i said there's the um share this app at the bottom or do it the old-fashioned way like i do and just copy paste that url somewhere um i i would really love feedback on it because i'm not really sure the tone i want my my book to take the only thing i know is i want it to help people so if you've listened to it to to me this far today or if you've read the blog post I really, really, really would appreciate your feedback. Um, the tone of it, you know, the um, it, the messaging—is um, it too dramatic? I mean, that's literally what happened, but I know it seems it seems like out of a movie because it felt like out of a movie. But I really would invite your feedback um, for how I edit my my book. So. Um, again, I'm going to be changing up the format of the podcast a little bit and doing some solo um, episodes, bringing some content pillars to you. Um, also, want to invite you, please go to the General Boss on Facebook and request to join the General Boss Community VIP group. Um, I've um, just in the past few days have had a bunch of people join the um, community and. Um, really looking forward to having some live events there with uh, with all of you maybe a a live Q&A you know there's actually have once you become a member there's a a guide there with three very brief polls take you less than a minute to fill it out um, to really help me turn that group into something that's going to really support you and um, give you the tools and the information and the data and all the things that you're looking for in a community support group for um, for people like us. So that is today's, blo- um, not blog post, that's today's um, episode of the Woman Boss Podcast. Um, and I will see you uh, soon. I'll be posting um, um, update on social media about the um, changes in the, coming up in the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. And I will see you soon for the next episode of the Woman Boss Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show just visit the gentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at gentlewomanboss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember... Always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.